to welcome you to our service, and especially those of you that are listening by the way of the internet. I want to thank you for your presence, and I trust this message will be a help to you tonight. And the title of the message is A Prisoner of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to find your place in Philemon, Philemon, and we'll begin reading there in verse 1 and make our way through this letter. And Philemon, verse 1, says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Here Paul is introducing himself, and he views himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you tonight, how do you view yourself? Who or what are you a prisoner of? Are you a prisoner of fear? Are you a prisoner of doubt, of discouragement? Are you a prisoner of your past? Uh, how would you introduce yourself? Are you a, a prisoner of your family situation? Or are you a prisoner of your financial situation? Or maybe you're a prisoner of some sin in your life or some circumstance in your life. And can I say that many are prisoners to their own desire? But as Paul wrote this letter, he, he did not see himself as a prisoner in some jail cell or a prisoner of his circumstances, but he saw himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Nothing could keep Paul from serving the Lord and living for the Lord. Whether he was locked up or whether he was loose, he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. You know, it do us some good to see ourselves as a prisoner of Christ for this year. Hey, I'm not free to move around as I please. It'd be good for us to see ourselves that way. and I'm not free to move around as I see fit, but as Jesus sees fit. I'm not free to move around as I please. I'm not even free to think for myself. But as Jesus thinks, let this mind be in you. I'm not even free to love for myself. But I'm to love as Jesus loves. Can I ask you, are you constrained by the love of Christ? Are you a prisoner of His love? You see, a prisoner is restricted to certain rules of conduct. A prisoner is restricted in his activities. He's restricted in his movements. A prisoner has no control over where he is placed to serve his sentence. Now can I ask you again, are you a prisoner of Jesus Christ? Is Jesus in charge of your activities? Is Jesus in charge of your movements? Is Jesus in charge of your thought life? And are you abiding by His rules of conduct? In jail, both physically and spiritually, Paul was at peace. Why? Because he knew that he was in the will of God and that he was subject to a higher power in his life than the warden of the prison. Are you at peace tonight knowing that you are only subject to the Lord? I don't know what you and I are going to face this year, 
But no matter what, no matter what circumstance comes our way, we are not prisoners to that circumstance. We are to be the prisoners of Jesus Christ. I heard a preacher give his testimony once that he was diagnosed with cancer and he didn't look at himself as being a prisoner to the cancer. Even though he had become physically restricted, he did not see himself as being spiritually restricted. He looked at his cancer as a God-given mission field. God allowed this into his life and God gave, put him there for a very specific purpose so he accepted God's will for his life. For a time in my life, I worked at, at a prison and for the vast majority of those that were incarcerated there, they wanted out. <laughs> I worked there and I wanted out of there. <laughs> you know, many times we want out of what we think is a prison in our life. We, we don't want to be restricted. We don't want to be under someone else's control and we don't want any of our plans for our life to be hindered. You know, from the time that Paul accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, he had given himself to doing the will of God. Yes, he was free from the burden of sin. Yes, he had been set free from religion, but he still saw himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. From the very first words of his conversion, Paul said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He's simply saying, it ain't about me. Lord, I belong to you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And Paul never turned from that statement. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, he says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul lived an abundant life as a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, one may be thinking tonight and say, well, how can a prisoner of Christ have an abundant life? Can I just say it's the only way to have an abundant life. Paul gave himself to doing the will of God no matter where that landed him. From the very beginning, Paul was surrendered to Christ and Christ had all of him. He said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose, I want not. Paul said, it's not up to me. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He decides what's best for me. He decides what's necessary for me. He decides the when, the how, the where, and the who, and the what's of my life. Turn just a few pages to your left there to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here's Paul come to an end of his life and this is what he says starting in verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness 
which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Back when we had a time of testimony here at our church in, in honor of, of Mr. Wayne, uh, well, one of our dear brethren here testified that Mr. Wayne had found himself in, in, in various prisons over several of circumstances in his life uh, through, through health and just bad circumstances, things that happened to him in this life, but yet it did not keep him from praising the Lord and living for the Lord. None of those things moved him. When he wrecked his cars, when, when the flood overtook his car, when it was he had to climb up a ladder just to get to his apartment and get to where he lived because of the flood waters, nothing kept him from praising and living for the Lord. Well, think about how little it takes for you and I to get frustrated if things don't just go as we planned. I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that and I had these plans and we get upset when things just don't go the way that we want them to. If we're a prisoner of Jesus Christ and we should say with Paul, but none of these things move me. You see, it's in those times. It's in those times that our level of commitment to the Lord it comes to the surface. It doesn't take much to reveal if we're truly a prisoner of Jesus Christ or not. All it took for Demas here in this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 4, all it took for Demas was a little bit of discomfort in this world. All it took for others was just a little bit of persecution. A little of not getting to do what they wanted to do or Maybe they didn't get their way. Why has there been so many church splits within our movement? I'm going to tell you why. Because very few Christians are actual prisoners of Christ. A little financial problem, a little health problem, and all of a sudden... Many a Christian has removed themselves from the altar of sacrifice. I wonder how much of Christ, let me put it this way, I wonder how much of us does Christ really have? We want to serve God, yes, but on our terms. We want to be the warden of our lives and very few want to be the prisoner. Oh, Lord, you can have me on Sunday morning. Lord, you can have me on Sunday afternoon. Lord, you can have me on Wednesday night, but the rest of the time's mine. I can't say that you're a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Lord, you can have a little of my time. Lord, you can have a little bit of my talents. Lord, you can have a little bit of my treasures, but you can't have them all. Lord, I'm all in unless it doesn't interfere with my plans. That's not how Paul viewed himself. 
Paul said, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Turn back to Philemon. Why did Paul introduce himself this way? Philemon and Paul knew each other. The way I understand this story, Paul had led Philemon to the Lord. Everything that Philemon had become for Jesus was because Paul had introduced him to the Lord. Philemon may not have been in prison. He may have been free to go and come as he pleases, but Paul was going to remind him that he too was a prisoner of Christ. Twice in this short letter, Paul was going to remind Philemon that he, Paul, is a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Anytime God brings something up twice there, you better pay attention to it. This letter is being written because it's going to put Philemon to the test. You know this story very well and Paul was going to ask Philemon to do something that's very hard. Not just for Philemon but for any Christian. We're going to find out in this letter how much Philemon is a prisoner of Christ. Let's start reading in verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Hey, when it comes to the love of the brethren and Philemon's love for the church, Philemon was all in. Christ had all of Philemon in the area of service, in this area of sacrifice. Philemon had opened up the doors there to, to host the church there in his house. And Philemon was known as an encourager and everything he did was to benefit God's people. Philemon was completely surrendered to the Lord in this area of service and sacrifice and he put others first. Verse 7, Philemon brought joy, it says, and consolation and refreshment to others. He was a true brother in Christ. He loved the brethren. Boy, I trust you and I have that same testimony. Do you love the brethren? Do you refresh the saints of God? Are you a joy to be around? Or are you one of those people that others run from? Uh-oh, come on, hey, let, let's, let's shoot down this side here of the church because here comes Mr. and Mrs. Grouch. Here comes Mr. and Mrs. Gossip. Or here comes Mr. and Mrs. Complainer. Or here comes Mr. and Mrs. Never Happy. Or Mr. and Mrs. Fault Finder. Or Mr. and Mrs. Axe to Grind. Or Mr. and Mrs. Contention. Or Mr. and Mrs. Strife. And Mr. and Mrs. Bellyacre there. Hey, hey who, who are you known for? In these areas of service and sacrifice and surrender... Philemon was a prisoner of Christ. But Paul's about to put Philemon to the test. Was Philemon 100% a prisoner of Jesus Christ? Let's keep reading in verse 8. 
Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such and one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me whom I have sent again, that thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever." Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. Here's one of the hardest things the Lord will ask any of us to do. Is to forgive a brother or sister in Christ. And not only forgive them, but then treat them as we would someone else who had never done us any wrong. You know, as long as we're getting pats on the back and everyone's thanking us for all the good things we're doing, you know, we're fine with that. We don't mind being a prisoner of Jesus Christ under those circumstances, but here in our passage, Paul and the Holy Spirit are going to put Philemon's surrender to Christ under the microscope. This is a hard thing that Paul was asking Philemon and us to do. You know, the Lord knew that we as Christians would face similar circumstances as Philemon. A friend of mine's an evangelist, and he was preaching just right up the road here and, and uh, last Sunday. And while he was preaching, two couples walked out of the service where he was preaching. And apparently that they weren't happy with what was being said. He also told me of another preacher that misunderstood a, a circumstance, a situation, and he accused him of something that he did not do and did not intend. But now that preacher, and it's not the same place he was preaching Sunday, but another place, this other preacher won't even shake his hand when they see each other at various meetings. Even after he's attempted to clarify that situation, this person is holding a grudge against him. Where does all those behaviors stem from? They stem from pride. Where do grudges and bitterness come from? It comes from pride. They don't come from being a prisoner of Jesus Christ. They don't come from having the mind of Christ. They don't come from being constrained by the love of Christ. You see, in this story, Onesimus had done Philemon wrong. Matter of fact, Paul said, hey, I understand he was unprofitable to you. But he said, but let me tell you what Jesus, what Christ did for him. Jesus changed his life. Onesimus has become profitable to the Apostle Paul, just like Philemon had become profitable to the Apostle Paul. In this case, there had been a clear testimony of a changed life. And that's very important here. That there was a clear testimony that Onesimus had changed all because of salvation. 
Now there are certain circumstances, situations where there's no repentance shown. There's no change in life and, and unfortunately there's going to be things that we can't come to reconciliation. Why is that? Because everyone has a will. When you're praying for people, especially family members, maybe to change their ways and you don't see them changing and you, you, you're praying and asking God to change them and all that, don't blame God for those people not changing their ways. God gave each person a will. And God is not going to step over that will. Paul told Philemon in verse 14, but without thy mind. Paul said, but without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. When the prodigal son he came home to the Father. There was a clear evidence of repentance, of humility, and faith. And they had a new relationship. His father said he once was dead, but now he's alive again. He once was lost, but now is found. The other prodigal son, the brother, the one that stayed home, he never displayed any humility, any repentance, or any faith. And there was no evidence of a changed heart or life in that fella. Therefore, no fellowship could incur. And it's, it's important to understand these things. Let's finish reading this letter. Let's start in verse 18. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Howbeit, I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal, prepare me also a lodging. For I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Do you know what it takes to be able to forgive someone who has wronged you and done you harm? You know what it takes to be able to do that? The answer is found in verse 25. I've heard people say, I, I can't forgive this person or that, but I just can't do it. And you know what? To a certain degree, you're right. You can't do it on your own. But you can do it by the grace of God. He said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. By the grace of God, we understand that we too did not deserve to be forgiven. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We too were unprofitable. We too had not given God the glory that we were created for. We too had lived out our lives for ourselves. And thank God for the day that Jesus passed by our way. And what did he do when he passed by our way? He showed us we were wrong. He pointed out the fact that we had sinned against him. 
and that he took his sins in his body on the cross and on that cross he shed his blood for the remission of our sin. He took our place. He died for us. He was buried and he rose again for our justification. You know, I believe that Philemon did more than what Paul asked him to do. I believe that Philemon passed the test with flying colors. I believe that Philemon was a true prisoner of Christ in every aspect of his life. I believe that Philemon not only forgave Onesimus and received him as he would have the Apostle Paul, but I also believe that he sent Onesimus back to Paul with the answer to the letter. I believe Philemon granted him the freedom to be used of the Lord as a brother in Christ. You know, I really believe that Philemon refreshed the bowels of the Apostle Paul by going above and beyond what Paul asked. You remember what the other prodigal son, that other rebellious son that didn't lead that, you remember what he said about his father's behavior when the other son came back? Let me just refresh our minds here. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Boy, aren't you glad that God went above and beyond for you? Oh, look what God has done for you in the life that he's given you. Paul said, I ain't even going to remind you, Philemon, what you owe me. We owe the Lord too much to harbor grudges and bitterness toward others. Hey, there's not a person here that has not done someone else harm or someone else has not harmed you in some capacity. But how would you describe yourself? Are you a prisoner of Jesus Christ? in all areas of your life? Are you 100% surrendered to Christ? What are you holding on to tonight that's keeping you from having the same testimony as Philemon? Can I ask you, do you refresh the bowels of the saints? Do you bring joy and consolation to the brethren? Maybe you're holding on to some grudge or some bitterness in your life. Can I remind you of what Jesus did for you on the cross? And that you owe Him a great debt. Here's what Jesus says you can do with that grudge and bitterness. You know what He's going to say? Put that on my account. I suffered and I bled and died for that sin. And you know what? Jesus will give you grace to go above and beyond and bring Christ much honor and glory. Are you saved? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? He wants to change your life. He wants to give you an abundant life in Him. Christian, what do you need to give to the Lord tonight? What are you holding on to that's hindering God from doing a greater work in your life?